Welcome everyone to the Buy It, Try It, or Deny It podcast for the month of April. My name is Haley, I am social media manager at Game Luster and today's host. Before we jump into all the games that we are covering this month and for last month, let me introduce my squad that I have with me today. I have Brennan. Yo. And Mike. What's up? They are both writers here at Game Luster, so feel free to check out their stuff if you are ever interested. Now, um, if you guys forget and need a refresher on what Buy It, Try It, Deny It is, it is a monthly show dedicated to analyzing future releases to predict how they will be received critically and commercially, as well as personally. And then we also do short reviews on the games that we had reviewed um, the previous month as well. So starting that off, if you had watched or listened to our previous podcast, we briefly talked about uh, Days Gone and Shovel Knight. And last month we had previewed those. So we're going to give a short review on those this month. So let's start with Shovel Knight Showdown. Um, if you guys need a refresher on that as well, it's single player co-op platform and fighting developed and published by Yacht Club Games. It was going to be on Windows 10, Mac, Wii U, PS3, PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. Uh, it was supposed to release on April 9th, but unfortunately it was delayed, so we don't have any of the review scores, but we can definitely talk about why it was delayed. And it seems like it was delayed so that they could better enhance the game, just, you know, make things sure everything's up and running so that they don't have a, for lack of better terms, half-assed game to put out where you have to pay for basically the other half of the game. So let's start it off with that. Definitely think, like, they mentioned in this, um, one of the articles that goes over the delay is how it's going to... uh, allow for a simultaneous physical and digital release um which kind of like struck me at first i was like why wouldn't they do that at the same time anyway but you know i guess that that's cool because a lot of indie games do end up having their own physical copies like at least much later after the digital copies like every time i go into gamestop i feel like i always see those steel books for indie games which is dope as hell like uh hyper light drifter had one i saw one in gamestop one day and just almost bought that immediately just because it was in a steel book too it was as an indie game blew me away so i'm hoping that maybe they do something like that here um to to coincide this digital and physical release cuz that would be really interesting to have both a physical and digital release of an indie game at the same time to almost see like uh what people are more drawn to especially if it's some kind of collector's edition which i'm just 100 percent speculating that's the only thing i've seen in the past so i don't other than that though what is physical release for any games i don't know i mean if they've delayed it to work on it some more i'm okay with that i'm okay when a game's delayed because they weren't happy with it you know and they don't release it and it's complete shit yeah what does um what does miyazaki say doesn't he say like uh, a rush game no uh, a delayed game is like possibly good, but a rush game is forever bad. Yeah. I very much subscribe to that. You know, I would much rather than pour blood, sweat, and tears into it than just kind of, as Haley said, half-ass it and just release it. You know, and yeah. No, I was just gonna say that Shovel Knight has like a pretty strong, deep following, so I feel like they also don't want to let down their fans mm. to put out you know, a a game that's half made or is going to be filled with bugs or maybe not look visually appealing as their past game. Like, you don't want those people to feel let down at all because they're the ones who are funding everything that you're doing. Um, So I feel like there's... That probably has to definitely uh, play some role in it as well. Hmm. Yeah, and like, and it does mention that they have sixteen playable characters. And the original, the original Shovel Knight. I'm personally, again, this is kind of just speculation. I feel like a lot of the polishing might have to boil down to some kind of balancing, especially if you do have sixteen characters with local co-op. You know, as a sort of Smash-esque game, you know, you're gonna have to have some balancing. And 
the game was purely single player before, right? Like, I don't think there was any kind of PvP element. So that's probably another learning curve for them is to understand how exactly to balance out these 16 characters, you know? You can't just pick Shovel Knight the whole time, right? Like, that would just kind of defeat the point of having 16 different characters. And on the on the article I'm referencing, which is an IGN article um, by Adam Bankhurst, you know, it also says that they're doing localization for nine languages and are playtesting on ten different platforms. Yeah, that's nuts. Like, that's crazy. Where where did they come up with the other? Oh, I gotta count really quick. Uh, one, two, three. Where did they come up with the other six? Because I only know four platforms. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't. I don't know. So, like, you you'd figure they they'd be doing it on Switch, they'd be doing it on PS3 or PS4, uh, Xbox One, and PC. Are they doing it on mobile? Like, are they doing like the the Wii release? Are they doing the PS3 release? Are they doing like, are they going back to old consoles, as well as new mm. gen ones? But also, are they possibly looking into putting it on future consoles, as well, like the PS5 or whatever that's called? Interesting. And- and maybe the next switch because there have been rumors going around that there's going to be another switch. So, like, what? Where are these different platforms coming from? Because I'd be very interested if they're possibly putting it on mobile. I can see where that polishing would have to definitely come into play. Mm. And then I guess that also begs the question: It's like if they have all of these consoles, and maybe I'm just harping on the whole Steelbook thing because I really like those. But, but then you know, if, if they have like nine, ten different platforms, which ones get the physical copies and which ones don't? You know, how how do you determine that too? I feel like there's a lot of planning on this, you know. And it's I've and it, the article mentions it's not just Showdown; it's also the King of Cards, which is the the King Knight. And more single-player content that was delayed, and the Treasure Trove Amiibo three pack was also delayed. Like they, they seem to not just want to polish this. It seems like they just want to polish everything, which is uplifting. You know, it's definitely as Mike said. Like I would much, and you said, you know, I'd much rather have a, a polished full product than some half-baked. We're gonna chop up the DLC and then sell it to you later. You know. Yeah, and they uh, Yacht Club Games seems like a a group that definitely wants to put out solid stuff. They don't want to put out anything that's um, not completely finished. Especially like I said, with the amount of players, like that game, I oh I feel like I always see it at like speed runs and things like that. Um, so like their backing on it is huge. You don't want to like I said let anyone down. That would be a massive disappointment, and then. It's it's gonna turn into a massive EA scandal, but that, that's just me. That's, nobody wants an EA scandal on their hands. Not anymore, no. Oh God, no. Yeah. <laughs> Anthem has been bad enough, so. I had high hopes for that game. Not gonna lie. Yeah, I mean, I saw the Bioware thing, and I was like, sign me up. Mass Effect was great, and then yeah <laughs> still, we got anthem still holding out hope for uh dragon age though they can't let me down with that oh but they can I know. <laughs> but they can don't hurt my feelings okay <laughs> um, <laughs> let's toss it over to days gone a uh, quick review on that the genre is single player horror survival it's developed by S.I.E. Ben Studio, uh, publisher Sony Interactive Entertainment. The designer is Eric Jensen. Platform is PS4 exclusive. It just released, well, it is releasing tomorrow. Um, several uh, YouTubers and uh, probably Twitch streamers as well um, were able to play the game early. So I watched some footage of that on YouTube. And right now it is sitting at a 72 on Metacritic. Oh, it's not not the highest, but it's not that bad either. So let's yeah, talk about it. Say, over. 72 isn't that bad. I'm looking at the critic reviews and it is getting some 
pretty good reviews and some decent reviews. I was kind of shocked at how many mixed reviews it had. Like, it or currently has. Like, it was... I remember looking this morning and it had... I don't know. It, it had a lot of positive reviews, but it seemed like it was almost neck and neck with the mixed reviews, which was, you know, I mean, at least no one was completely shitting on it. But yeah, yeah it, I don't know. I, a lot of what I saw, there was one video that I saw where I think it was Jim Sterling, where I'm kind of shortening this for time's sake, but he pretty much just was talking about how like the bike maintenance refueling the bike fixing the bike was just kind of a drag a lot of the time but most reviews and people that i'd watched said that you know it was it was pretty good but it didn't reinvent the wheel or anything there are three different skill trees there's the melee skill tree the shooting and then survival which is mostly like perks and skills where you can you know you have your quintessential like detective vision skill where you can just see every enemy in a encampment um, and a lot of the people that I was watching, they almost, almost always agreed that they, they leveled up their shooting tree last and how the shooting felt kind of mediocre. Like even just the sounds of the guns didn't feel like they had that kind of punch. The impact of the weapons didn't really feel the best. And it also, uh, a lot of people were saying that like a lot of the game is based around, you know, fighting like not bandits, but. Yeah, I guess bandits and, and zombies and stuff who, you know, may not always have ranged combat. So the 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 melee combat seems to be where a lot of people are focusing on, which is super cool. I'm I'm a fan of, you know, taking a baseball bat with nails and just hitting everyone in the face. That's what I did in Far Cry. So yeah, I the other thing though, the other thing that I thought was really interesting, but I guess didn't really hold up well was the dialogue. Like one review I was watching said that Deacon, the main character, Deacon St. John, um, when you're out in the field and killing people, he will oftentimes mutter to himself, you know, be like, yeah, you like that? Yeah, yeah. Like a, like a real crazy person in an apocalypse, you know, muttering to themselves insanely. But then when it switches, switches over to the cutscenes and the story, he speaks more straightforward and kind of like acts like a real person and never really never really breaks down at any point um, mimicking that kind of insane person that he is on his own, you know, which I, personally, I like the whole muttering yourself thing. I know that that's like, it might be kind of weird or whatever, but it felt realistic. And then to watch him, you know, mutter to himself one cutscene and then go into uh, another cutscene where he's like, Hey buddy, what's going on? I guess that's kind of jarring, but I was really looking forward to the story too. Like a lot of their early stuff had, interactions between these characters that just felt really real just how they spoke and i think the voice actors a lot of the voice acting in this game apparently is phenomenal um i think it's the writing that suffers yeah because if you've seen the shit those guys seen you're not going to be normal anymore oh totally agreed 100 percent. and i mean like that's that's like i don't know if uh the last of us has touched upon that but i feel like the last of us has definitely shown how the apocalypse in small ways can take its toll on people especially when the first trailer came out for the second game everyone was like oh joel's dead and ellie's having a mental breakdown and imagining that he's there and all this other stuff like that can be a really cool aspect within the game and apocalypse scenarios and i feel like no one really uh, goes into that and I feel like they're missing out on such a huge interesting plot line that can be explored and, and it's funny that you mentioned you know, The Last of Us I feel like that's just a a common comparison point you know being PS4 or PS3 exclusive maybe not anymore I don't know how many re-releases they've had but you know what I mean Sony exclusive apocalyptic um a big focus on story and where I feel like a lot of people, maybe not a lot of people, but I had read a lot that the last of us wasn't stellar, like gameplay wise, but it was more of the story and the characters and the interactions between them that really truly made it shine. And it, I guess it's just kind of unfortunate here that it seems like it's the same kind of scenario. They were going for the same thing. There's it's you're, 
I don't want to say generic open world because again, I haven't played it. I don't know how they've changed the open world aspect, but that's been done a million times over. So really the only thing to distinguish yourself is that story, is those character interactions. And yeah, while I, we were all kind of hoping for it to be spectacular, it seems like it just kind of didn't hit as many people as impactfully as I'd kind of thought. Like, I don't want to say I expected this to be the next Last of Us, because I definitely didn't, but it was giving me that, like, grungy, deep, dark story that The Last of Us did, and I, like, I'm still going to definitely watch this all the way through, because it still looks interesting, um, but I'm slightly disappointed to hear that everyone is very unhappy with the story because that's that's what i feel like sony exclusives are known for is their great storylines that's why i feel like they're exclusives like they make you (laughs) they they want you to buy their game and their system because they have these great games and because you know money rules the world but their exclusive are always great and they have great and deep storylines, and I-, I hope I like this one. Um, yeah. We don't have any player reviews because it doesn't come out until tomorrow, and we're filming this the day before. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I want to say that I'm probably going to take the critic scores with a grain of salt. We know how they can be. Uh, we also know how other players can be, so I think... I think I j- I'm just going to hold off my judgment on this one. Just because I don't know if I actually want to play it or not. Like, I feel like I'm definitely going to need to give it a-, a watch at least halfway through for me to determine if it's if it's worth worth it. I'm going to wait for a sale. That's 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 where I'm landing on this. Yeah, it's pretty much where I'm at, too. I just, you know, it it seems really cool. It seems like something that I would be into. But as of right now... And for the price point, I just, I don't know, I just got done playing Sekiro and like, oh my goodness, you know, I, I, that I thought was worth it for the money, but I don't know. I don't know about this one. Our new podcast name is Buy It, Try It, Deny It, or Wait. Or Wait for Sale. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have like such a long list of subtitles. Only buy it when it's less than $10. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> that's what this is turning into. <laughs> okay. For a humble bundle. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> yeah, at the moment, I'm I'm at deny it. Damn. Savage. I can respect it though. Yeah, most definitely, especially because you know it's a full price game, and reviews are mixed right now. So basically, it's like it's a fifty fifty chance. Either you're gonna think it's amazing, or you're gonna hate it. So. Or you're just gonna think it's okay, right? Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> and I feel like that's probably the worst feeling. Sixty dollars. I don't want to like, not to drag this out any longer. But I reviewed, uh, Beyond. I forget what it's called. It was the one with the robots <laughs> from the people oh, who did Beyond Two about... Souls. Detroit Become Human. There we Detroit. go. Yeah. Uh, right. So I reviewed that, and I'm not going to lie. There were parts of that game that made me want to cry. But the overall story, I thought, was just okay. Now, the replayability of that game is, like, out of this world. Except the first storyline I ran through was just left me at okay. So I haven't even picked it up again. Mm. Because I'm like, well, what's the point? Like, my storyline shouldn't just be okay. It should be phenomenal if this whole game's phenomenal. The graphics were beautiful. Some of the scenes were heart-wrenching. Like, I'm, I I cried. I literally bawled my eyes out at the end of the goddamn game. But overall, I was like, this is, ju- this is just okay. Yeah, like I said, I feel like that's, that's one of the worst feelings, is to just be really hyped for something and have it just be okay. Because, like, you can't even really shit on it, you know? Like, and get the, the catharsis of being like, this is the worst thing... You know, it's really hard for you to just sit down and go, yeah, it's all right. Like, I feel like that's just the worst feeling. <laughs> like, I just, I, I feel like my $60 was justified, but at the same exact time, I would have gladly waited until this was, like, half off. Yeah. 
Okay, guys. So let's let's toss it up to May and look at some games that are coming out next month in our like little review segment. So the first one that we're going to touch on is Close to the Sun. It's a single-player, first-person shooter action-adventure. It's uh, developed by Storm in a Teacup. It's published by Wired Productions. It's coming to PC, PS4, and Xbox One. The release date is May 2nd, which is like next Thursday, I think. So, like a brief background if you look at any sort of photos or gameplay for the game it definitely has um i would definitely say like a bioshock vibe to it with like the art style and things like that it's definitely not bioshock though this has to deal with uh nikola tesla and he like builds this like gigantic boat that he just houses like all these scientists on and you play as I believe her name might be Jane if I'm 100% correct I'm not even sure if I'm 100% correct but you're you're a female protagonist and your sister sends you a letter and she's like hey join me on this boat and then you get there and of course everything's not like as it would seem I think it looks pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie. I watched some uh, gameplay of it, uh, like a brief trailer, some pictures. Uh, the boat looks huge from what I saw in the trailer, and apparently there's no combat, so that should definitely add some things to it. I'm not gonna lie. When I I had the same thought process, you know, I was looking at this and I'm like, okay, it, it looks. It looks like Bioshock, but it looks like original Bioshock, which I really dig. But then I read the part where it was no combat. And initially, you know, I made that comparison. Okay, this is going to be Bioshock. I'm kind of hyped for that. What could they do with the plasmas and the gun? And then I found out there's no combat. So I feel like a lot of, not a lot of my enthusiasm for the game went down the toilet, but a good chunk of it. Because now I guess I'm kind of worried that it might just I don't want to say it's going to be another walking simulator because I imagine that it probably won't be, but I'm also kind of hesitant about that too. Like, when things don't have combat, especially horror games like this and its art style, and I know like a lot of people are going to compare it to Bioshock like we did, but I'm just like, why? Like, give me something, even if it's just my fists. So, I like, I'm curious. Because I'm not the biggest fan of just games where I feel like I'm playing hide-and-seek with the enemies. Like, that gets so boring after a while. Like, if this is gonna be amnesia, in set in the Nikola Tesla world with a kind of Bioshock vibe, that would be something that I'm interested in, only because I, unlike you, I personally like those kind of hide-and-seek horror games. I feel like those are the games that really make my blood boil. Um, but whereas when I played the original Bioshock, most of the scenes that freaked me out were just random things that I found. Like, there's a screenshot that I saved from years ago where I walked into, like, a bathroom scene and I saw all these statues in a bathroom. And that was the creepiest thing to me. And that didn't have that had nothing to do with combat. That was just exploring. So I feel like if they, if they definitely pay attention to the small details, which I imagine that they will because, again, this is a very detailed game, um, I imagine that maybe, hopefully that's where a lot of the, the horror comes from as opposed to maybe some kind of shock value like an amnesia. So maybe I'm contradicting myself. I don't actually know. But it looks interesting, but it hasn't totally gripped me yet. Yeah, I kind of like the no combat thing, um, especially if it's a horror game, because then that puts you in the situation of being completely helpless. Mm, yeah. And looking at it, it looks like it's going to be some freaky shit. Are you guys imagining this as like an amnesia or like a horror-ish witness game where it's just kind of like puzzles? I'm seeing it as Bioshock meets amnesia. Yeah, that's the way I was picturing it too. Just because I feel like if they did just a horror witness game, like that wouldn't... I feel like that would be a waste of money. I'm not gonna lie. 
I, I feel mm. like that would just come off as boring. But if they definitely mix, like, Bioshock with Amnesia, I think that could play out well. I'm just not a big fan of feeling helpless. So, <laughs> I'm like, give me something. I hate standing there not being able to really do anything besides run away. And that's what I love. I love terrifying games. Okay, Mike. Stop trying <laughs> to scare everyone. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, this is like... This is something that appeals to me. I can definitely feel the creepy Bioshock vibes, though. Like, yeah. 100%. I'm, I'm imagining, like, weird, random things off in the corners, and a lot of these levels being super detailed. And Because, again, you kind of have to. If you're taking out the combat, you kind of have to put more of a focus on the world, right? Yeah. So that lends them to be a lot more creative with the world building and the level design and trying to put in those tiny details like statues in a bathroom that just freak you out that you have to save a screenshot for and, and look at like being that it's set in this world of nikola tesla and there are all these like scientists and stuff on this ship and uh i've read somewhere that your sister was like messing with like time and space and all this stuff so I feel like that will definitely add a lot of different elements to this game as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get to pick up some, like, really cool gadgets or, like, just, like, maybe portals or something like that. Ooh, that would be cool. Like a time, like, instead of, um, like, an actual a physical portal, it would be, like, a time portal or something. We yeah. have to go back in time to fix a puzzle and then go back, go to the current time or something. That would be dope. And I like that time is kind of uh, hinted upon in Bioshock, but I definitely am not going into this game thinking that it's Bioshock because I know it's not. And nothing is ever going to really be able to replace Bioshock, but I feel. Like, the hole that Bioshock has left opens it up for games like this that have this different Art Deco style um, to come into play and elaborate on this style. Because I, I really like it. It's so yeah. unique and it's so grungy and it's so, like, elegant, yet it, it has that, like sense of like fear and uh, horror and mystery to it like I love everything about it and I wish there were more games that were like it because that's one of the things I liked about Bioshock was just how everything looked and how everyone dressed and how everything appeared like I, I really like that sense of style so so I have a little quick question do you think that because it looks so similar to Bioshock and then people are probably going to make that comparison, um, I feel like that's not a, 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 too much of a leap. Do you think that people will be turned off maybe in a way like I was when, I, when they find out that there's no combat, you know? Because like you said, people probably are looking for some kind of Bioshock hole to fill and they might look to this as that and then be disappointed when they find out, okay, this, this is not Bioshock. If, you guys yeah. think that that might happen? Yeah, I think people are going to hear this is like Bioshock, and they're going to expect like this awesome shooter. And then when they get into it, they're going to be like, "What the hell? This I'm just running away the whole time. Like I wanted to shoot shit and you know blow shit up, you know." Yeah. But I also feel like that depends on if you do your homework or not. If you look and read some reviews or look into this game and read that doesn't have combat then you can like make up your mind but if you just look at it you're like okay that has an art deco style that looks like bioshocks it's gonna be the next bioshock i feel like you're definitely going to be let down depending on how well the game makes up for not having combat if you're okay with not having combat and the game does really well i think you'll be okay but if you're like well, fuck, I wanted combat, mm, then you're going to have a bad time. Yeah. Like you said before, you kind of have to go into this knowing that it's not a Bioshock game, you know? And even, I think they they mentioned that in one of, one of the articles. We see it as something positive, of course, but we want to be sure that players don't start up close to the sun expecting a Bioshock type of game. They take this comparison as a compliment, but it's also a very different game. Even if you might squint and get deja vu at the look of it. 
It was uh, an article written by Alice Bell. I like. I feel like it definitely sums up this game. Like, the Art Deco style is reminiscent of Bioshock, but it's not Bioshock. You're not going to have your plasmas, and you're not going to have your little sisters or big daddies or anything like that. It, the Art Deco style is there, but it, beyond that, it's not. It's it's just not Bioshock. I I feel like this game has. I have mixed feelings. I have mixed feelings because I don't know what to expect. Because, again, Art Deco style, like, Bioshock, but completely, totally different game than Bioshock. So now I'm just, like, left with, okay, well, what the fuck is it then? (laughs) What am I getting myself into? Because I have nothing to reference it back to. Because it could be like Amnesia, except it's not giving me Amnesia vibes. Or it could be like The Witness, except it's not giving me The Witness vibes. So, what what is it? I don't know. I'm labeling it as a try it. I think, I think I'll try it. I'm going to agree with you on that. I'm definitely going to say I'm going to try it. I don't know if I'll totally enjoy it, but I definitely think it's worth giving a shot. I'm halfway between buy it and try it. Really? Yeah, like I said, this is kind of appealing to me. Interesting. Is it just the, the just the general style of it, or is it just the whole package? Just everything? The whole package, you know? I love the looks. I'm looking at, like, screenshots and stuff right now. It looks hmm. great. Like I said, I like that idea of helplessness in a horror game. So the fact that you can't fight anything off is appealing to me. Interesting. So that's why this is about halfway between buy it and try it for me. I'm looking at this, like, one screenshot of, like, all these bodies, and you can see this, like, guy's skull is halfway open, and you can see his brain, and on the wall it says, time is not a river. So, that'll be, that'll be interesting, uh, to definitely discover what that's all about. But before we keep talking about our new Bioshock game, um, let's kick it over to Rage 2, which is... Extremely interesting. So it's a single-person, first-person shooter. It's developed by Avalanche Studios and ID Software. Uh, the publisher is Bethesda. The director is Magnus Nedfors. I totally probably butchered that, but that's okay. The artist is Jeremy Miller. It's on PC, PS4, and Xbox One. And it's coming out on May 14th. Now, I didn't play the first one and I'm probably not going to play this one. This just doesn't look like a game that I'd actually play. So I'll let you two talk about this, because I can already say this is just a deny it for me. Um, Wait, did, did you play the first one? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Talk um, about the first one, then, if you want. For me, I was kind of looking forward to it, because I didn't know about Borderlands 3 yet. Um, mm, yeah. It's going to be a good replacement for that. Just because, you know, they changed up the whole way it looks and how it plays and stuff like that. So it's, you know, very very reminiscent of Borderlands. But now that Borderlands 3 is coming out, I'd rather just wait and get that. Interesting. Did, so you, you did play the first one. Did you enjoy the first one? It was alright. I mean... It was alright. Yeah, that's... I, I rented like that's... it, so... <laughs> <laughs> alright, okay. Alright, so at least you gave it a try, you know. Alright, you enjoyed it. I never played the first one, but I remember before it came out, I was really excited for some kind of open-world FPS game. And then I remember when it came out, it just was met with kind of meh reviews. Yeah. Um, and even looking up at I looked at it before, it's sitting at a 79 on Metacritic, but it has a user score of 5.3. It's it's just seems to be, like, all over the place. Like, like we said before, you either seem to love it, or you just kind of hate it. There's some mixed reviews, but a lot of people attributed the like it being kind of lackluster in terms of story, and that I think there were like some technical difficulties. So it kind of turned me off. But I I'm not gonna lie, I'm kind of excited for for this because, like Mike said, in a way, you know, Borderlands, the original Borderlands, was kind of even before the cell shaded stuff. Borderlands looked less cartoony and more kind of gritty and kind of brown grayish 
remember looking at early concept art and screenshots for that. And they, you know, it, as time went on, they added the cell shading, made it look kind of more cartoony to be more appealing, I guess. But then they went over the top with two. Like if you play the second Borderlands compared to the first, they're 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 crazy. And I feel like that might happen with this one. You know, they they probably took cues from Borderlands because, and you can speak to this. Was the, I remember the first Rage game being kind of. I don't want to say bland looking, but kind of had that same kind of gritty gray brownish color scheme and feeling to it. Is that accurate? Yeah, I'd agree with you on that. Yeah. So, and this, you know, looking at a lot of their promotional material and whatnot, it looks very much different from that. It looks very colorful, very vibrant, very over the top, um, which is the same direction that I feel like Borderlands 2 went in and that seemed to work for them. Um, when this was revealed, it actually surprised me. Yeah, right? Like, I almost wasn't expecting it based off of how the first one did. I wasn't expecting it to be so bright. Especially when you look at, like, the covered art and stuff. It's like all these pinks and yellows and stuff like that. Which is definitely... I, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of, of whatever that kind of is. I don't even really know how to explain it. It's it's looks similar to Far Cry New Dawn, where just everything is super colorful, despite being in a post-apocalyptic world. I think the juxtaposition there is just phenomenal, and I guess that's why I'm partially turned on to this. Um, but I have a little bit of a of a story in one of these articles that uh, we were reading before. Um, I think it it's specifically an interview with Medford's the director, and he was talking about how. Bethesda came to Avalanche and asked them, like, how would you guys feel about doing a Rage sequel? And they were, like, super excited about it, you know? And it wasn't it wasn't pushed on them. They were they had asked, like, hey, is this something you want to do? And the team was thrilled. So that's interesting to see because now they have way more creative freedom, especially because they're devoting a lot of the creative aspects to its software, which whom I believe originally developed the first one. Um, it's running on Avalanche's in-game engine, which may fix the technical difficulties of the first game, where id will work on the more creative stuff and make sense given their recent Doom Wolfenstein having that being known for the snappy, responsive shooting aspects. And if they pull that off here, which I, you know, hopefully they do, it's id software. I feel like this game could really be something you know at least better than the first one in a way yeah i feel this is more uh to tide you over before borderlands 3 honestly that's kind of exactly how i'm gonna look at this i'm not gonna be on i'm gonna be honest with you like i i I, i'm a i'm a big borderlands fan but i feel like this may be able to scratch hopefully this will scratch some kind of itch helping people hold off hold off until borderlands 3 hopefully it's not one of those cases where it's just like ah, rage 2 now nah, just go play borderlands instead you know because <laughs> that would be a, that would be kind of a, that would suck yeah that would it, it it looks good but i feel like i'm feeling the same way about this one that i did the original you know i thought it was going to be amazing an fps open world how does that even work to be honest i don't i don't really know because again i didn't play the first one um Cause I don't. Are there any other FPS open world games? Do we know? I can't even think of any off the top of my head. Uh, Fallout. Fallout. Okay, right. Fallout. But, but you know the way that they're describing this one is like as a shooter verse. So it's not fully open world or first person shooter. It's a shooter verse. I don't so, really. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how I feel about that. What the, What the hell's? It's It's a shooter universe. I don't. I read that too, and I was I kind of winced. I was like, "What does that even mean?" The shooter verse. I don't know. We just create words here, right? Oh, <laughs> they just take universe and shooter and put them together. What does that What does that mean, dude? <laughs> Next thing you know, <laughs> it's gonna be in the goddamn dictionary. <laughs> like, I... would Borderlands be considered a shooter verse? Like, what? You know what? What is? I don't. I don't know why I'm so hung up on the word, but I guess it just depends on how open world it is like i don't know i i really don't know and even if it is open world i feel like the open world thing's been done to hell so many times you know we've we've been spoon-fed the same ubisoft towers for god knows how long 
Leafy be uh, soft alone. They didn't do anything, okay? <laughs> I swear to God, if I have to climb up another tower to unlock part of my map in a video game, I'm gonna punch someone in the face. Okay, oh, yeah, I'm not gonna lie though. I'm so done with that. Looking at so you, like, Assassin's Creed. <laughs> exactly! Exactly! So I feel like they gotta do... You at least, if you're gonna do an open world and now, in today's today's time, I feel like you really have to make it a unique open world. Give it something. I guess that's the one part that I'm kind of hesitant on. I'm like, how open is this world really? It's a good thing that you referenced Fallout before because it's like, I can't imagine this game even being close to Fallout in terms of open world. I don't even know how that would work. I feel like nowadays, the only thing with open world is, is I, I don't, while I want a large open world, I don't care if you're the largest. I feel like we somehow got off track and it's just like, well, we have to make the largest open world game that there is. We have to be 10 times bigger than this last one. You know, we, we have to have basically the whole goddamn planet fit into this one game and it's 400 hours long except those 400 hours are spent doing nothing except walking in the desert and you see nothing for a billion bajillion miles like i'd rather have a decently sized open world game that's packed with a whole bunch of shit and a whole bunch of really good shit rather than just having this massive game that has nothing in it what's what's that one quote it's like um as wide as an ocean, but as shallow as a puddle or something. I've never something heard like that. that before. Who are yeah. you? Nah, there's like, <laughs> there's yeah, there's something that's like, you know, it, it looks huge, but it ends up being super shallow and meaningless. I feel like there's a lot of open world games that can fit that mold. Yeah. Like, I just, I don't, I feel like open world games were just once like, yes, open world, we love it. And then it just became this battle to be the biggest. Or at least, like... Who can have the most towers? It, it just can't... Who can be huge? Basically, like, it's... It's it's who... I can't believe I'm saying this right now. But it's literally like a dick race. It's who has the bigger penis. I, I was, that's what I was actually about to say. Like, <laughs> that's, that's basically what it is. Like, there was... I, I remember this one, like... Uh, video and it, it shows all the open world games and it's just gradually getting larger and larger and larger and larger and larger and I'm like wow that's great and I love that they're getting larger how much content content is actually packed into that massive world because if the world doesn't equal the amount of content I don't care how big your game is if you can't keep me entertained for 20 hours we have issues yeah, I'm not a fan of, I, even before I mentioned the whole walking simulator thing, and maybe it's not totally relevant, but like playing something like DayZ where the map is huge, but you just have to walk from point A to point B and it takes half an hour and you end up having to rubber band something to just hold the W key to just move forward. I feel like you've lost me. There was one interview that I read about some open world game where the directors were basically saying how you, every time the player finds point in the open world any kind of unique location there are clear um there are clear landscapes in the distance of more stuff to do so you have some direction of where to go next like oh there's a temple over there that looks really cool you have to have certain things at least around within a, oh, i can't even remember what he's talking about it's like within a certain radius you know they took a map they put dots around unique locations and then measured the distance between those, and they had to be a certain distance to allow your player, again, some kind of direction. Some kind of, okay, there's there's more stuff over there, as opposed to random, aimless wandering until you find something or make your own fun. You know what I mean? I think that's the other problem, is that in open-world games, I feel like a lot of the times developers just go, okay, make your own fun, the world's big enough, you can do whatever, but... A lot of people, especially nowadays, don't may not have the attention span to just be able to be like, okay, I'm going to go do whatever. I look at Breath of the Wild and it's kind of overwhelming sometimes, especially at first. The world is just so big. Where do you go? Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I never played that one. I was just like, uh, uh I don't know what I'm going to do. And while I love getting lost in games that, you know, take forever and ever to play, uh, I'd rather not have to spend... 40 hours grinding 
and grinding and grinding. I do enough of that in World of Warcraft. I think I'm good. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, so what's everyone's verdict? I'm denying it. I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna try it, definitely. I have some hope that it'll be better than the first, so hopefully that's true. It looks kind of cool, but I'm not big into first-person shooters, so I'll probably watch some gameplay of it, but your girl ain't got a lot of money to spend, so I'm gonna deny it. But last but not least, we are going to talk about a Plague Tale um, so this is a single-player action-adventure puzzle game by Asbo. I totally butchered that. I'm so sorry, Studios. Um, their publisher is Focus Home Interactive. The designer is Kevin. Somebody insert how you actually pronounce the proper pronunciation to this last name. Chateau? I I took French for three semesters in college, but I'm still really bad. I'm sorry. Uh, it's on <laughs> PC, PS4, Xbox One. It's releasing May 14th. It looks cool. Uh, it also has a lot of rats that will eat you. But it takes place during um, the 100-year war... Um, right around 14th century France and like the whole Black Plague happening. Uh, there's like a 15 minute gameplay trailer or something like that of where you have to like uh, walk across a battlefield that's filled with dead bodies, rats, and soldiers that want to shoot you because war. It, it looks cool. It seems interesting. The story seems pretty unique. I haven't really seen anything around this time period. So I feel like it could definitely be a pretty good game. The graphics look okay from the trailer I saw. It looks okay. Like, it looks okay. Yeah, I watched I watched the I watched a bit of the sixteen minute gameplay trailer and at first like you said, I I wasn't too impressed like it it looked okay the voice acting was all right the part that i like that really kind of gripped me though was when as they're walking across the battlefield the first one of the first things they see is a dead horse and the horse literally just explodes with rats and the rats just come pouring out of the horse i can't think of any other time that i've actually been afraid of a video game until that moment i immediately was like that's the grossest thing i've ever seen i i am i am out of here and but I felt something, which is the point, at least to me it is. So like that was cool as hell. And even later on in the area when they're um they're like they're loading up a trebuchet or something and lighting on fire. I don't actually know if it's trebuchet or if it's catapult. Sorry. <laughs> but like in the distance, you can see just an ocean of rats. And again, that's just the weirdest thing to me. But at the same time, it looked so cool. And I don't even know how to describe it. I was wondering, like, how the hell did they fit this many moving things on a screen at one time and not have the game just explode? Yeah, that was tripping me out, too. Because in the trailer, they have that part where you have the torch and you're just completely surrounded by rats. And I was like, like, holy shit. Like, there's so much going on all at once right now. Yeah, right? Like, that's, oh, my God, that blew me away when I saw the ocean of rats. The Gross. only thing that I wasn't really a fan of is, and mind you, this this trailer that we saw um, was from last year, so it it could be different now how these rats maneuver. But that was my biggest problem was that when they were walking across it, it, it looked like the rats were hitting up against an invisible like umbrella that was around the group. And mm. it, it looked unnatural. It, it didn't look... It, it just didn't look good. Um, and I wasn't really... You mean really... like the, the circle around her? Yeah. Like, it, it looked like the rats... Like, there was like an invisible barrier around them because, you know, they have the fire. But when the rats hit that barrier, it kind of... 
it like it it looked almost as if almost as if you could see that barrier almost because they would like uh, stack on okay. top of each other as if that barrier was actually there. Mm, okay. So, like, it just, it looked slightly unnatural to me, and that's the only thing I really had issues with in that whole entire trailer, because there were a lot of rats. (laughs) A lot of them. Like, there was probably, yeah, there were probably, like, thousands on the screen at one time. So I can understand how it might be a little bit hard to make all those rats uh, work cohesively at once except at the same time uh, that's something you need to do and to be able to do well so it doesn't look weird yeah that's definitely like a that's definitely a polishing thing you know and hopefully because like uh, for example um going back to days gone they in one of their trailers they had like hundreds of like zombie enemies on the screen at once and they all acted with this hive mind personality but they all acted it was very fluid and in this scene it just i don't know it just it didn't feel right like the the rats kind of seemed like they were bugging out almost um so i don't know if that was just like early footage like if they're gonna clean it up what's really going to happen but i wasn't the biggest fan of that and some of like they they do a pan out at the end of it and some of the some of the characters just didn't really seem to walk right or like walk then like sidestepped in a funky way and then like i feel like there were definitely kinks in this gameplay trailer that definitely weren't worked out um, so, like, it's definitely, like, a maybe for me if they work these kinks out. Um, for me, it's a try. It looks interesting, um, the world looks good, but I don't know, I just, it's one of those things where it just doesn't fully appeal to me. There's some cool stuff about it, but it just doesn't fully, fully appeal to me. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to say deny it. I think it looks cool and it's super interesting as a concept, but I feel like I would have to wait for more gameplay behind it. And even the gameplay I think is interesting. It's more of a a survival, kind of almost like a puzzle game in a way. You know, how can I, how can I get rid of these rats in this area? Or, you know, how can I progress to the next, the next zone without dying or having my little brother getting eaten like that's totally cool concept but i'm also not a huge fan of puzzle games um i like puzzles in my games but i'm not a big fan of just puzzle after puzzle after puzzle and one thing i do want to touch on is you can make the little brother go pick up things which i thought was really cool but also the there is a rat on the g in a plague tale so i feel like we're going to be seeing that as a reoccurring theme throughout. So I'm quite curious to how that's all going to play because I don't want the game to solely be about goddamn rats. What else would it be about? Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so uh, that game, uh, like I said, is coming out on May 14th. So we are going to toss it over to Mike right now because we have a new short segment um so at the end of every uh buy it try it or deny it podcast we are going to give someone a couple quick minutes they are going to pick out one game that is coming out next month so in this podcast it would be for may that we haven't talked about already and they are going to try to persuade us to either buy it try it or you know if they are terrible at persuading we'll just deny it Whatever surprise game that they have. Uh, so it's it's Mike's turn to go. Brennan and I don't know what he has in store for us. So <laughs> let's let's give the floor to Mike to see if he can persuade us to buy or try this game he's he's about to present. Alright, so I wanted to talk about World End Syndrome. I don't know if you guys have heard about it. No. Never um it's a visual novel. Uh it's developed by Toybox and it's going to be published by Arc System Works and essentially it's a murder mystery. You play as a troubled kid who moves into a new town, you know, he's trying to start a new life and then 
somebody ends up, um, one of his classmates ends up being murdered. And so you're trying to figure out, you know, what's happening. And at the same time, in the town that he moves into, every hundred years, the dead rise. And it just happens to be the hundredth year for that town. So does he, so how, how does, how does the, like the dead coming back, how does that impact the murder mystery bit? Uh, it's just because of the local legend, you're trying to figure out, you know, is it really the legend true or is there just a murderer going around trying to, you know. Oh, okay. Interesting. That is, like, I'm a fan of visual novels, even though I don't play a lot, but that does sound really cool. And, like, one of the things that got me, got my attention is the artwork. Um, I don't know if you guys played Blaze Blue. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, I have. Yeah. The, um... Yeah, the Yuki Kato um, is doing the one who did all the artwork for Blaze Blue does all the artwork for this game, oh, so it's got pretty. a really hyper anime style to it. That's dope. Yeah, I like the sound of that a lot. I wonder if um, I, okay, you've already got me like speculating about the story, like what's gonna happen. So I feel like that's definitely that's definitely we can buy it slash try it almost immediately. I'm a big sucker for murder mysteries. Yeah. But I've never I've never played a visual novel myself though. So I guess that's the not for any particular reason. I guess the only one that I really know of is Doki Doki. That's a liter that's a visual novel, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So yeah, um that's really all that I'm aware of, but I feel like that would totally be interesting. And I'm guessing that you probably have to balance the murder mystery with like your school life too, right? Yeah, there's like you're able to romance some of the girls that you meet and you know you want this game has waifus yeah oh this game definitely has waifus homie oh Oh, that's all you had to say homie (laughs) (laughs) and we're trying it everyone's trying it we're gonna give out a free copy right now all you gotta do is like comment and subscribe to the channel yeah it's uh comes out may 2nd and it's gonna be for the ps4 in this what is the msrp on this uh forty dollars oh forty dollars damn that's kind of steep no for a visual novel kind of yeah it is i feel like it depends on like how much gameplay is actually there and the replayability like if it has enough content to keep me there for a couple of hours i think i'll definitely buy it yeah there's multiple endings you know and stuff so there is a lot of replayability so that's one that's one of the things that attracted me um i play a lot of visual novels so i like when a visual novel has that replayability you know the multiple endings kind of thing kind of like steins gate kind of you know kind of deal mm. yeah i'm a big fan of the social aspect or the real life aspect of persona so like i feel like i would almost automatically like something like this too in terms of the balancing your social life with your secret identity of being a detective which is awesome, by the way. I'm still trying to figure out how this 100-year dead people come coming back to life like messes with the story. I totally feel like if if it's true, if the legend is true, the dead student is gonna come back to life somehow in like a pushing daisies kind of ending and like tell everyone how the shit happened. That would be cool. That I'm envisioning this as like almost like a pushing daisies. If you haven't seen that before, it's uh, it's about a guy who um, he solves murder mysteries but he can bring people back to life by touching them, but he can only touch them once. If he touches them again, they're dead for good. So he touches them, they come back to life, he asks how they died, and then he touches them again, then they die forever. So he like goes around and tries to solve these mysteries and stuff by bringing dead people back to life. It's super good, but that's the vibes that I'm getting from this, and I love it. I love it, dude. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so we have what seems like a definitely try it from Brennan. Oh yeah, I'm gonna try those waifus. Oh god. I mean, try to uh, try to play. I'm gonna play for. End it I'm there. Gonna... End it. Don't even. Don't. Don't. Just. Just. He's just playing don't. for the mystery. Just don't. I'm anyway. playing just for the mystery. The mystery of the, of the waifus. Yeah. <laughs> oh lord. Um, I think I'm gonna have to definitely check it out and see if I like the art style or not because the art style is a big factor. Um, for me in visual novels, if I don't like the art style, it, I know it's not, it's just not visually appealing to my eyes, so I'm not gonna want to sit here and dedicate my life to it. 
Um, mm. But it is, I think I'll definitely say I'll try it. Like, I'm, I'm trying on the verge of buy it if I actually like it. Well, we know Mike's already going to review it, so everyone be on the oh, lookout yeah, for that. That's the plan. That's the plan. Looking forward to that. Shout out to that future article. Yeah, <laughs> little, little, very not so subtle plug. Yeah, I mean, sh- shameless self-promotion is shameless. <laughs> uh, but that is it for April slash May's Buy It, Try It, or Deny It podcast. So I'm going to end it here. Uh, everyone get your goodbyes in and your last last words. Uh, PSA, do your homework before you buy video games so you don't go into close, close to the sun thinking it's Bioshock. <laughs> Just don't do it. Anything from you, Mike? Uh, Sounds about right. <laughs> um, then yeah, I mean, uh, you know, check out last month's podcast if you haven't already, and we hope to have you listening on the next episode. And I hope everyone has a great time doing whatever they're doing today. Um, is it the weekend yet? <laughs> See you guys.